0: The end of 2015. What had happened is I'm a longtime yoga practitioner. I mm-hmm. that's something that's really important to me. And I've spent, you know, hours and hours at retreats and in classes. And I was always able to have really clearly focused attention on what I was doing. I never really had a ton of distraction. It was it was the one thing in my life that that really captured all of my attention. The end of 2015, I found myself at a yoga studio in the bathroom texting a friend there was an intense conversation going on but i realized the class had already started i didn't you know put down my phone what which is what you know should have happened <laughs> and it was really disturbing to me because it was this tiny little device that was really pulling me away from what really mattered to me and so in originally i thought well i think if i had some kind of out of office reply by text or phone that that would give me the peace of mind to be able to focus in a yoga class or to do something.
1: Welcome to season one of Healthier Today, a podcast from AB Sound Production. I'm your host, Jared Talavera, public health advocate. You'll hear stories of individuals from around the world who have undergone tremendous triumphs to live healthier today. They also offer you lessons to do the same. In today's episode, we have Kim Cavallo, founder of the digital wellness app, Lil Space. Kim is a yoga enthusiast. She first had the idea for Lil Space after missing the start of a yoga lesson due to being distracted messaging on her phone. She explains,
0: And it was really disturbing to me because it was this tiny little device that was really pulling me away from what really mattered to me.
1: After that disturbing realization, Kim searched for an app that would let her friends and colleagues know when she needed a break from her phone. Her search, however, gave her few options. Rather than admitting defeat, Kavala recalls,
0: Originally, I thought, well, I think if I had some kind of of out-of-office reply by text or phone, that... That would give me the peace of mind to be able to focus in a yoga class or to do something wellness related in my life. You know, I, I looked out there and I didn't really see any really good solutions for auto reply with texting. So I, I don't know, for whatever reason, thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll create it. And I had no tech background at all, no even knowledge or didn't even really know people that had developed apps. Um, and I quickly found out that the only solution was only available on Android.
1: Kim worked with a digital team to create an auto-reply for texts and calls on Android devices. The app originally began as an out-of-office reply for phones. Little space was created before mindfulness became a household concept in the tech industry. This auto-reply service became a huge talking point about digital well-being
0: was able to set an auto reply that said hey I'm at yoga you know I'll text you when I get back and I every time I push that button I felt that release so yeah that's kind of where it started and at that time there wasn't a lot of conversation about, our cell phones and social media really doing anything negative in our lives. It was all this kind of very exciting time where everybody was, you know, social media was new and everybody was feeling so connected. And, and that is the power of it, you know, the the ability to build community across the globe. I mean, the idea that you and I are talking right now is amazing. And I love technology. I think it really can enhance our lives. I just, at the time, saw kind of the warning signs that it could also disrupt our lives and our relationships, which was the most important thing to me. My relationship to myself, obviously, with my own well-being, but also I noticed that uh, it was disrupting the human connections I had in my life.
1: What may at first seem counterintuitive The Lil Space app helps you spend less time on your phone. How could an app make you use your phone less? It's simple. By participating in a Lil Space campaign, the time you spend away from your phone can help you earn perks such as gift shop discounts. The app also has a feature called Unplug for a Cause. The time you unplug from your phone is then supported by a corporate sponsor who will donate to a nonprofit organization such as LA Family Housing. Kim continued to advance and shape Little Space into the app it is today due to the anxiety she felt after social media began to grow in dominance in the world. Rather than comparing herself and her happiness to what she saw online, Kavala decided to prioritise her mental health. What were some of the the warning signs that that you were starting to notice?
0: Um, I mean, mostly kind of low-level anxiety, just a sense of, for whatever reason everyone around me seemed to think that if I didn't reply to texts immediately, that there was something wrong. And so I would go, for example, into one of those yoga classes that I mentioned and wanted to relax and would put my phone and leave my phone outside and then come back to the phone and there could be a barrage of texts. Where were you? Why didn't you reply? And then all of those wonderful feelings that I had you know, mustered up during the yoga class were gone. They were out the window because I felt this sense of, Uh, well, wow, wow, why do I have, you know, five texts in a row from my husband or from my son? Something, you know, terrible has gone wrong. And also just the idea that, you know, before the time that we were able to carry these devices in our pockets, we didn't have the sense of being able to get in touch with each other immediately. So those expectations of being able to reach each other immediately for me gave me really a sense of wanting to, Give that sense of security to my kids that, you know, yes, you can reach me anytime. But then that also caused a lot of disruption in my life. I couldn't fully focus on any conversation I was having. I couldn't fully focus on work. Obviously, I couldn't focus on my own health and well-being. I couldn't focus on my marriage. I just felt like there was this constant you know, noise in the background that something could be happening that I was missing and missing. And, you know, people talk about it, fear of missing out FOMO, you know, and some of that applies, you know, to young people today, this idea that, you know, there's so much social stuff going on and somehow I I'm supposed to be a part of all of it. And that's, that's really, it's really stressful. So that was happening to me in my own life. And I saw it happening around me as well.
1: you definitely cause you've cause as far as it's got all those notifications on there and you're always thinking, might be something on there that's really important. How do you temper that that thought in your mind that, oh, I could be missing out on something that's really important and I need to go check that my phone right now?
0: Uh, well, I don't, I am not going to lie. It's not easy. I think the thing that I do just in general that really is outside of, well, it incorporates digital wellness is this idea that is so obviously, you know, powerful in in the world in terms of spirituality, which is, you know, we're just here in this moment and this is all that matters, you know, and it takes a lot of practice. I mean, that's why a meditation practice for me is so important because that's the practice of kind of just being looking, watching your thoughts and thinking, that's just a thought, you know, I don't have to attend to it right now. I can just notice it and let it pass by. And so Having that practice helps me in those moments because if I don't have that practice, so just like working out and lifting weights, if I don't develop that muscle of being able to just notice the thought, oh, wait a minute, I should be checking my phone and let it pass by without checking my phone then, you know, I can't really do it as well. And I know the times in my life when I'm not meditating or not having a practice of mindfulness or being present, that I am much more consumed by my phone. And I can find myself sitting in a chair, scrolling through Instagram for, you know, a half an hour. And I don't I don't feel good about it afterwards. I mean, that's that's the point. If, if I felt good about it, then I would continue doing it. But it doesn't, it feels like a time suck. And there's not really that sense of, connection and that deep connection that we get from having real human connection which is what you and I are having right now mm-hmm. we're having a conversation but when I'm just scrolling through Instagram taking little tiny bites of all this other even if it's really wonderful on my feed I have a lot of really great I follow really lot a lot of great accounts that have inspirational quotes and they they film themselves you know talking about really important life questions and I, I can get fueled by it but when it's in these little tiny bites it's like constantly getting little snacks and not having a really full, satisfying meal. So
1: Like phone addiction was almost unheard of prior to, to smartphones. Can you take us back to when you
0: were a teenager and what using a phone was like? Oh, that's actually a great question. So I always talk about the idea that if I was a teenager today, I, it's not funny, it's actually sad. I probably would have had some mental issues because I, when I turned 13, I became super hyper aware of how wonderful it was to have friends because I had been very close to my family and I loved my sister and my parents. But as soon as I realized, oh, wow, there's this world out there where I can, you know, form my own ideas and make my own plans. And, and so I got really social really fast at the time, when I was a teenager, one of the kind of markers of being an independent person was that you were able to have a telephone, a landline in your room. That was the big deal. So instead of today, people you know worry about, should I get my kid a cell phone before he or she turns 13 or 14? This The question then was, should I allow my child to have a phone in their bedroom? So I got my first phone in my bedroom when I was 13. It was called a princess phone. It was a beautiful little, I think it was pink or green. I don't remember what color it was, but I was on that thing. If I was not in school, I was on the phone and I used to fall asleep with the phone receiver next to me on a pillow talking throughout the night. I actually got physically ill. Like I developed pneumonia and was out of school for three weeks because I was so deprived of sleep because I I finally found this way of connecting with people that weren't inside my immediate family or inside my home. So I can't even imagine today this idea that you can, you know, scroll and watch YouTube videos, and I mean it's just endless, which to me is you know very overwhelming. So yes, back back way back then, you know, there was no internet, there was no there was no computers. I mean, my dad who was a, a engineer. He had his Ph.D. in electrical engineering and he was in one of the first kind of at UCLA, one of the first computer rooms. That's what the computer was with an actual physical room. And I'm not an engineering student at all. You know, he was very interested in technology. And so when I went away to college, I had one of the only on my dorm floor, one of the only laptops It was, you know, a portable computer. It was big. It was, you know, probably about that big and heavy and it had to be connected by a cord to the, to the printer. And, and it was really mostly a word processor. It wasn't even didn't have, you know, apps or it wasn't, you couldn't surf the web or do anything like that. So, yeah, I, I think it was uh, it was a very different time and it allowed you to have, um, you know, there's a great book called Irresistible by Adam Alter. You know, he talks about, and a lot of people talk about today, stopping cues and this idea that was, he was the first person I read about that concept. But this idea that, you know, when I finished a paper on my giant laptop in college, I closed it and went outside and hung out with my friends in the quad at my university. Nowadays, somebody would finish their, project on their laptop and then they meanwhile have all these windows and tabs open that have conversations going on or YouTube videos playing or they might even be playing a video game at the same time (laughs) that's I mean I can't even imagine it would be exhausting and stressful
1: because it's kind of like when Steve Jobs introduced the, the iPhone for the very first time during that keynote and he says oh it's a what did he say? It's, like it's a phone device, it's an internet browser, and it's a music player. And everyone thought it's th- three different things, and it's no, it's just one thing. Because prior to that, phones only made phone calls, and that was it. Now it does. Right. It's like a whole computer now.
0: Oh, yeah. And it's an, And it does, uh, you know, I mean, I can simultaneously be chatting with a friend make a bank deposit find my way to my next appointment listening to a podcast i mean literally all at the same exact moment if we think of our phones as kind of a reflection of our minds and being able to see what's going on i mean that's chaos it's you know and i know that for for the younger generation they grew up with this so it doesn't feel as fragmented as it does Maybe to me, but I can see how that would cause, you know, a disconnection break from yourself because you can't maybe aren't used to the sense of being kind of bored. I mean, when I, you know, I, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, we had to get out of the house if we wanted to connect to our friends or, or we had friends over, but there wasn't, we did have party lines. They were called party lines. And it was a landline that somehow you would call into a number and there would be a bunch of people on the phone at the same time. And that was, you know, obviously uh, super exciting. But, you know, other than that, you had to get out of your house and you had to get out and be with people. And then on the flip side, when I was alone in my room, I didn't have, you know, a bunch of things distracting me. So there was listening to music through vinyl or eight track tapes at the time or cassette tapes. You know, it wasn't, if I wanted to share music with my friend, I had to call my friend up either on the phone and play it over the phone, or I had to bring her or him to my house and we had to listen together. And I just think we're missing out on that opportunity for connection now.
1: Yeah. Cause you've got that whole social experience of being able to share music with another person. You had to physically be there. You had to have a, a record player, vinyl to be with that person. Now you could be yeah. anywhere in the world to, to be listening to music.
0: Exactly. Which is is a beautiful thing. I mean I, I do love that idea. I just think what's great about the digital wellness movement that I'm so grateful to be a part of is that now there's conversations about balance and being able to set aside time and space in your own home that is phone-free or tech-free or screen-free or however whatever language you want to use. And when you're living with people, whether you're living as roommates or you're starting a young family or you're a couple that's now your family, you know, your kids are out of the house. Are we going to have phones in the bedroom? Are we going to have phones at the dinner table? Um, Are we going to check our phones at the door when we all walk in and plug them in and leave them off for the night? You know, it's no, no judgment. whatever is going to work for you and the people you live with, but come up with those values so that you can have those conversations. And I think that's the the important conversations to have that I'm grateful to be a part of. And that's where, you know, in 2016, when I kind of started this whole community, that was what was important to me was, you know, how can we help each other have those conversations with the people we interact with daily? And what kind of tools can my company give to the community to help them have this awareness of the balance? Like, one of the major issues for young people
1: uh, is mental health issues. A few years ago, I had the, the CEO of a turmeric latte coffee company. And he was oh, saying, it's one
0: of my favorite drinks, by the way.
1: <laughs> delicious, delicious. Yes. And he was saying, because he used to work as a pharmacist prior to starting his own company. And he said, one of the best things that's supported by research that families can do is just share a meal together. And that in itself protects against suicide. I was like, wow.
0: Yeah. Doesn't it seem simple? I you know? know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. And, and yet it's so hard. It's so hard because then there's this whole, you know, the way the world works where because of, you know, the gig economy or whatever you want to call it, where everybody can have work at any time all over the world, I can, you know, someone I work with actually is in Australia. And so the hours are very off and, you know, I need to be answering emails late at night. And it's just the way the nature of the work. And that does interrupt the time I am able to spend with my husband, but. I just have to be more conscious about it. It doesn't mean that we have to turn all that off. We can be really appreciative of the time we live in, but we just have to be mindful that it's not the same as the parent, how our parents grew up and that we need to, or at least my parents, and that we need to, you know, be mindful of our time and how we spend it.
1: Sometimes there are things in life that are beyond our control. Can you tell us about what was happening with your mother's health when, when you were growing up?
0: So, well, my mom, uh, well, my mom was a therapist, which is, uh, I grew up with her being very helpful to me with my own mental health, which Mm -hmm. was great. So she was able to, you know, when you're a young, young person and you're having some, you know, big feelings and you don't know exactly what they are. It was really handy to have a therapist in the house who could come in and help me break it down. And, you know, what are your feelings right now? What are your thoughts? How do your thoughts connect to your feelings? It was really super powerful. Um, Sadly, my mom, um, right after I got married in my 20s, developed colon cancer. And so she died seven years ago now. Uh, That's been a huge void in my life and actually has been the inspiration for this company and focus on human connection because she raised my sister and I. And with my dad, we just put such a high value on talking spending time together understanding each other's feelings never keeping anything under the rug I mean when she died there was nothing left unsaid I mean that's just such I, I feel so grateful to her for that because I know there's a lot of people in life that you know aren't able to maybe necessarily say exactly how they feel to their parents and she did not let that like let that go she made sure we all, had shared our feelings and had felt safe to share our feelings. So yeah, she's definitely the inspiration for all of this.
1: Definitely. So it sounds like you've got like this amazing inspiration behind little space. You've got a lot of like, just a lot of like empathy, a lot of compassion. Now I just want to know, how do you care for your own mental health while you're building this amazing company already established? Well, this
0: amazing company? <laughs> (laughs) Yes, yes. That is really difficult because, like I said, I'm very conscious of my physical well-being and I practice yoga and I exercise and I take long walks and all those things are high priorities for me. But being a solo entrepreneur... And running this company on my own with a lot of great help from a lot of advisors and freelance, you know, people that that help me. But I'm not at the stage yet where I have a team of people that I can rely on on a day to day basis. So it's all on me. It is hard to carve out the time. I have to be super disciplined. I have to say to myself, okay, I'm going to wake up this morning. I'm going to set schedule. You know, I, I have the classes that I like to take that are yoga classes or spinning classes. And so I go and make sure that those are in my calendar. A recent study
1: from the marketing research company eMarketer revealed that on average, a person spends 90 minutes of their day on their phone with most smartphone owners checking their phone every 12 minutes. Kim's app works to reduce this time, making people more mindful of the time they do spend online and helping them to disconnect from the digital world. Kim distills how she cares for her own well-being with structure, and discipline.
0: She states. Um, Because if I don't plan ahead and I don't carve out the time, then I'll find myself, you know, at 11 o'clock at night, having not even moved all day and barely taken a sip of water and all the things that I try to do on a daily basis to keep myself healthy, I can get really sucked into the vortex of running little space and trying to help other people be mindful. But then I find myself alone uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I created this company so I can help people with human connection. And I'm sitting in my dark room by myself, you know, parched and and not, uh, not having exercise that I have to really realize on those days, wow, something went off track. And what it usually is, is that I didn't plan ahead and I didn't, you know, schedule in the time to have healthy meals and make time for friends and so and again, like going back to the power of technology, I love my Google Calendar. I mean, it helps me, it helps me get my life uh, in order and and stay healthy. It's crazy how
1: the one thing that's a vice is also the one thing that can also be very helpful. That
0: is definitely a dilemma. <laughs> it is. It is the modern dilemma.
1: <laughs> one of the things that I learned from from my personal trainer was all this information about decision fatigue. Like if you're going to have to make too many decisions about what to eat, what to wear, where do you need to be, it can really tax your, your mind. Um, and he says, make those decisions ahead of time. Like put that into your calendar and decide this is what I'm going to eat, this is what I'm going to wear on this day, and this is what I'm going to work out. That way your mind is, is focused on the very important things. That way you're going to be able really- to be fully present for all the creative work
0: Yes, I, that, that is a great tip. It's, it's definitely something that I try to live by. I mean, I, I haven't thought about the what to wear stuff yet, but I actually, that actually would be really helpful to me because there's times where I go into my closet. I am not a fashionista at all. And I walk in and I'm, I think I, you know, I have a meeting today and I have no idea what I'm going to wear. So I'm going to take that tip. Thank you to your fitness trainer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how has care for your own health changed how you show up for others in your own life?
0: Well, one of the other spiritual practices in my life tells me that unsolicited advice is usually, not usually, always perceived as criticism. So I do my best to live by example and to live my best life and hope that that, you know, rubs off on the people around me so that they can feel healthier. Because I don't like to think about the idea that I might know, seem to know better. Um, I do like to share what's working for me and hope that, you know, that that helps somebody. It's really important with my, you know, young adult children, because, you know, if you as a parent are constantly saying like, you should do this and you should do that. One of the things someone once told me is don't should on yourself. Don't say the word should all the time, you know, like don't keep saying you should do this and you should do that. And I, I do this, so you should do this. I really think that if I keep the focus on myself and I do what's best for me, that it will it will rub off. Now, having said that, obviously I'm running a company that is helping people and supporting people in their journey f- to spend less time on their smartphones and less time on you know on social media. And I feel like there are times where I can put information, whether it's something I've read or tips that we want to share with our community. But I feel like in that situation, people can take what they want and leave the rest. They don't have to, you know, it's not something that, that I'm, that I'm saying face to face to a lot of people. So that I don't, you know, feel like they would have a fear of rejecting my advice. They just take it or leave it. It's not, it's up to them. Um, so yeah, and I think, you know, the hardest relationship is the pr- people you live with every day, which is the only person I live with at this point is my husband. And we can certainly get on each other with, you know, do you really want to eat that? Or, you know, uh, can we, you know, why don't we take a walk today? And, you know, it looks like you haven't exercised in a while. And those are the moments where that's not, a, that's not a good idea because I don't, I just feel like when you're telling somebody else what to do, there's automatic defensiveness. I'll go for a walk and he'll be like, "Oh, that's a great idea. I'll go for a walk too." So, but I'm not always that great at that. Sometimes I'm I'm telling him what to do, which is not not the best tactic.
1: <laughs> I know in psychology that change happens when the person is ready for that change, whether it's alcohol or it's drug addiction, that the person needs to be ready for that change first. Is that the same thing say with with people using their phones and and using little space that they're coming to this ready to change and they want to be something different from what all the big tech companies are really pushing out there.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think there is a level of education and awareness that we hope to put out into the world that if you aren't aware of how much your phone is sucking time or disrupting relationships, maybe it's helpful to hear, read an article or, or hear about it from, you know, from a different perspective. But yeah, we say at Little Space, you know, change comes from the inside. I didn't coin that phrase, but we, we, we've taken it in and it does, it really is about your own Journey, and so when we made our, uh, you know, one of the things that we have, one of the tools we have is a time tracking app. It's available for iPhone and Android, and it's a simple timer. And it's interesting because some people expect that we should have some kind of accountability feature in the app or some kind of notification that tells you you're, you know, you you should stay off your phone. But we really made the conscious effort of not building those things into the app. We we set it up as a simple timer, just like a meditation timer, so that you can set the timer and say to yourself, well, I'm going to spend 15 or 30 minutes off my phone. And the things that we add in and the value I think we add is we have some incentives that are rewards and they're all wellness based things that will occupy your mind, um, be healthy for your body. and your soul. And those are little rewards so that if you do unplug for 15 or 30 minutes that you get this option of redeeming either a promo code, getting a discount on a product, getting exclusive digital content that maybe you, an ebook or something that you wouldn't normally get to, to have access to. We also have something called unplug for a cause. Mm-hmm. So if those 15 or 30 minutes that you track on your app on the app, if you want to donate to um, one of the causes that we have featured on the app, you can know that that fifteen or thirty minutes that you spent away from your phone also did good for someone else. So that's where we're coming from, the place of rewards instead of punishments. And so I, I agree with you. I feel like we're not all or nothing. Tech is not all bad. You know, unlike alcohol, Uh, Which I know it's very important to abstain if you do have a problem with addiction to substance. I think with technology, I personally have found that if I go for a complete digital detox and I'm off for a few days, there's this day of, you know, first of all, there's the day going back where I'm a little disheartened because I really wish I didn't have to go back to it. And then there's the feeling of having to catch up. And so, the way we look at it at little space is take these little breaks throughout the day, have these conversations about what times of day are best for you to take the breaks and then make it a habit and plan ahead. Like we just talked about and why not earn a reward or unplug for a cause while you're at it.
1: What I like about the app is that it puts me in charge of my own phone use because I think that I'm in charge of, of myself that then I end up doing all these other things that I'm like, I don't want to do like mindlessly just scrolling but what I also really like about the app is the the charity feature because there's that practice from from meditation and from yoga loving kindness where you think about doing good for other people and you do like intentions for other people and like you like with the app you're 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 thinking about I'm going to do this for someone else or and be able to benefit someone else i just absolutely love that I haven't I, really you know i've that. never
0: thought of it yeah i haven't I, I never thought of it that way jared that's actually a really i i never made the tie i know being of service is important when you want to make any kind of healthy change in your life you know it's part of the 12-step program you know you, being of service is a key principle in that in that program and similar to this this is you know, you want to be of service with your time. And so that was what the concept was of how it brought us to it. But I never made the link between the loving kindness practice. And that is so true that if you think about it, if you spend that 30 minutes away from your phone and maybe do, a you know, a little loving kindness practice at some point during those 30 minutes and think about, well, not only is the app allowing me to unplug for a cause and support this cause, but I can also have this mental visualization of how I'm helping people and bring that into the world. I love that. I think that that's like double power. You, yes. you really tapped into something. Thank you.
1: <laughs> it's almost like it was built into the phone and you didn't even like realize, Oh, that's amazing. Yes. Yes. Because I found out about Lil space through Sophia Amoruso's, um company girl boss. Ah, yeah. Sophia Amoruso. I yeah. love Sophia Amoruso. Um, yes. Huge, huge tech um, founder. I, I don't know if you would call Girl Boss tech, possibly.
0: Well, she uses tech, you yeah. know, and she, you know, has built an online community, um, which is, you know, obviously super powerful. And uh, yeah, I love her podcast. And yeah, they, we were featured as App of the Month in the Girl Boss uh, blog, which was great. That was very early on for us. We really appreciated that.
1: Yeah, that's a huge success for, for for a company.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was really, you know, I we were definitely surprised by it and excited by it and tried to kind of build on it from there. And yeah, we, we you know, we're constantly looking for companies uh, that are out there wanting to be partners so that they can help inspire people to spend less time on their phone. That's really the goal is for us as a company to be the place that other companies and other brands can come to help inspire people. So brands can come to us and they can offer promo codes, exclusive content, You know, be a cause that, you know, come in and and let people raise money for a cause. We love to get brands and companies to come in and be the sponsor of those, you know, challenges. So we we did last year, Katie Dalebout, who, if you don't know her, you should know her. She's the podcast host of Let It Out and also of Spiraling, uh, very big and been for a long time in the mental health podcast space. And, she and I partnered, uh, Lil Space and Let It Out partnered, and we raised money for an organization called Real Girl, and we raised almost $900 because her listeners on her podcast took a challenge that if they unplugged and tracked their time in the Lil Space app, that Lil Space would donate a dollar per minute to Real Girl, and so she encouraged her listener community to do that. And so we love partnering with brands, whether it's whether you're a nonprofit or whether you're you know, a brand onto yourself, uh, developing a podcast or um, an online community, or whether you're a company that has products and services and you want to reach people through digital wellness, and you want to tell your customers we care about more than just your eyeballs, we care more about just your scrolling and your clicking. We care about your well being. So we're going to, you know, launch this challenge on the Little Space app and let your time count. You know, we'll we'll help you do that as a brand. So, yeah, we're out there looking for brands all the time as partners for that. Awesome. So
1: um, I want to do a thought exercise here. So if you didn't start Little Space, what do you think you'd be doing?
0: Well, my background is in nonprofit fundraising and event planning. I spent 20 plus years serving on boards of nonprofit organizations, uh, running committees, planning events, helping to fundraise. So I really do have a very special place in my heart for nonprofit organizations. That's why we came up with digital wellness. I mean, Unplugged for a Cause, because I wanted to kind of merge my passion for digital wellness and social impact work. So I definitely think I would be doing some type of social cause work, um, whether I would be serving on a board or helping to raise money, planning events. You know, I, I just think that nonprofit organizations do such important work. And while we all, you know, live in countries that have governments that can help us take care of society problems, societal problems. Nonprofit organizations are really the the people on the ground or the organizations on the ground that are doing a lot of the heavy lifting because, you know, bureaucracy can get really messy. But when you have a group of people that form, you know, an organization and they roll up their sleeves and they're the ones that are going in and serving the meals to the homeless or passing out the socks to the people who are cold or digging wells for people who are thirsty, those are the people that truly inspire me. And so I feel like, In some way i would be working with with those people on some on some cause or another and now with with little
1: space you're you're able to have like this global impact in in ways that are unimaginable before
0: i i hope we are i really i I pray that we are because that's my intention where do you want to take little space
1: in say the next 10 years so you'd say it's 2029 where do you want to take little space
0: well, I hope by then that we have achieved the ability to let brands find their place in the digital wellness movement. So what what I mean by that is that instead of every brand having a marketing budget where they're spending ad dollars on, you know, having ads pop up in people's feeds, that they'll start directing some money into helping people get off of their feeds. And that is uh, where we see ourselves because we're building these tools for brands to reach their audiences in a different way. And while we're very new, you know, we have the app that, that brands can feature their products on through the rewards. They can also get brand awareness by being part of Unplug for a Cause and sponsoring a cause. We also just recently launched Unplug for a Cause kits or Unplug for a Day gift boxes. What those are, are basically, you know, a physical box that have wellness products and, and tickets Um, admission to different experiences, menu items for different restaurants, just again, to get you out of your house and into the world and living in real life. And so those boxes are also another opportunity. They're very new for us, but they're another opportunity for brands to reach their customers in a different way, to be able to say to their customers, we want to put some dollars behind not only getting you to click on things, but to click with your friends And we're going to give you, you know, something that's going to be delivered right to your door. That's inspiration to unplug and maybe even, you know, get involved in your community, you know, with uh, any volunteer opportunities. So the box that we just did for Los Angeles, it was our first box, we're still testing it out, but basically it was filled with some wellness products. So it had the book, How to Break Up With Your Phone by Katherine Price, who is a friend and mentor and someone I very much admire. So we feature her book in, in the box. We have a pair, a couple of pair of socks, cause that's really cozy to read a book and be wearing some really comfortable socks. We have a disposable camera, a one-time use camera, and a bingo card that has a lot of different boxes where you can go to places in downtown LA and take pictures. We have cards inside the box that share with you special code words that allow you to get menu items at restaurants for free or uh, admission to live music shows or live meditation uh, events on the beach. Fitness classes. So this is all packed into one box and it's all inspiration delivered right to your door to want to um, spend less time on your phone. And again, the goal is to be able to provide this opportunity for brands to reach their customers through either the box or through the app. And so that's where I hope to be in 10 years from now is to be I mean maybe you would call it a media company or or some kind of brand support company that allows companies to reach their customers through digital wellness.
1: I like this whole idea point. of like conscious branding and and well-being and putting all that power back into the to the user and and to the to the customers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me too.
1: The advice she would give her 18-year-old self would be this. I want you now to imagine that you are in a room with 18-year-old Kim. Okay. What would you tell her?
0: Be more present. Don't future trip so much. Enjoy the moment. Be grateful. I mean, I sound like I'm, I'm spewing off a bunch of slogans, but I think that was something that, you know, when you're that age... You can be so future focused because you're graduating high school and, you know, I was about to start college and what am I going to major in? And then what what am I going to, you know, what am I, what's my career going to be? And it's, it's a, it's an anxious time. And so I would have liked to have invested more time into my current situation, uh, developed more interests, um, you know, uh, I started practicing yoga when I was 25. It would have been really awesome to get to a yoga class then and to have that be available to me for even longer in my life. So yeah, I think that's what I, I I would have told her is, is you know, life is short and fast. And so this is the moment that you have. And so capture it and make the most of it. And the future will take care of itself.
1: I love all the, um, the responses that all guests have, have given for that. And the the recurring theme is that they want to be the person now that the 18-year-old self needed. Yes. yes. Yes.
0: Yes, for sure. And, yeah, and I think it's not, you know, I used to think, oh, it's a shame, you know, they say, like, oh, youth is wasted on the young, you know, but I don't, I don't think that's true because it's, I'm going to look back 20 years from now, and talk to my, you know, 53 year old self. And I hope not to have to say to, to that 53 year old self, you should have been more present. And, you know, hopefully I've, I've learned and I feel like, you know, this is my time. This is, you know, and, and at 18, that was my time. And I wanna make sure, and, and gratitude I think is huge. I mean, I, I think I didn't have words for it. I, I always kind of, because of my mom grew up with a sense of gratitude. Um, but it is, it is huge. It changes everything. If I don't do a gratitude practice where I think about all the things that I'm grateful for um, at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, I'm definitely not as, as nice and happy of a person. <laughs> so I think I would, I would have uh, put that in my 18-year-old pocket too.
1: The one piece of advice Kim has to offer to live healthier today is this.
0: Well, if we're going to talk about self-smartphones and not having them follow you everywhere. I think the number one tip that you'll get from almost every digital wellness expert or advisor or person in this space is get your phone out of the bedroom. Charge your phone at night outside of your bedroom. Uh, there's a lot of great companies nowadays that are selling digital, um, you know, little analog clocks. You can obviously get them on, on Amazon, but there's some really beautiful ones out there. If you Google, you know, uh, alarm clocks, I think that's really the biggest shift that that happened for me. As soon as I made space in my house where my phone didn't follow me, I just, I slept better. I woke up with less anxiety about the day. So, yeah, I think that's probably the best place to start and one of the most powerful tools. And, you know, if you're afraid of missing a call, I always have to quantify because some people don't have landlines or they don't have ways of people to reach them. So you already fix the problem about the alarm clock. So when people say, well, I can't sleep with my phone anywhere else than next to my head because it's my alarm clock. Okay, well, now you can go get an alarm clock and you can solve that problem. But some people get really worried about the sense of missing a call that's really important in the middle of the night, which is true. I I did receive phone calls when there were people in my family that were sick and you need to get someplace in the middle of the night. So you can just turn your ringer on really loudly, obviously. Or what I do is I have a little flip phone and through my cell service, I forward my calls at night to the flip phone. And that's what is near me and what can ring since we don't have a landline in our house. So, yeah, I think uh, don't sleep next to your phone. That That's all really great
1: advice. I <laughs> love it. So when I, I noticed that when I started sleeping with with my phone in, in a separate room, I'd wake up without having to check my phone, which was what I was usually doing, and I could start my day being intentional and focused on what I really need to do. Yeah, yes. no
0: that's that's huge because you you get up, I mean it, it always happens, right? The alarm goes off, you pick up your phone and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, push the alarm. <laughs> I'm going to check the weather. Oh, I'm going to I oh, I see the notification for, you know, my Amazon package came. Oh, but I I think I need garbage bags too. And then, you know, you just scrolling and scrolling and it's like, well, I might as well ch- check Instagram and email now because why not? And let me open up the, you know, my news app so I can get some news. And then you're in bed for 45 minutes to an hour and you didn't meditate, you didn't exercise. And then your meeting happened. And I don't know, it's hard to start a day like that. I, I didn't know that before, but I know it now.
1: <laughs> Digital health is now a topic more and more families and schools are taking seriously. Cavallo expresses happiness at her contribution to starting more conversations about balance and how important it is for families, friends, and couples to set aside screen-free time in their lives.
0: Kim notes, It's so important to have those conversations, to be able to say to each other, what do we value?
1: What is one lesson you took away from this episode? Take a screenshot of this podcast and share it on Instagram. Use the hashtag #healthiertoday today and tag Lil space at get Lil space and myself at Jared Talvera. Share this podcast with one person who you think would benefit from it. Leave a rating and review on Apple podcasts. It really helps more people discover healthier today. Sign up to the email list to stay up to date on new interviews and articles by going to jaredtalvera.com. This podcast was produced by Andy White from AB Sound Production. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss out on new episodes. Next week, you will hear from Zach Scout. He is the founder of the nonprofit Marley's Mott's Dog Rescue. Zach has gone from battling alcohol and drug issues to now rescuing dogs and training prison inmates to become professional dog trainers. Until next time, here's to you living healthier today.